0: Now that's what I call a weekend. I don't know about the rest of you, but dare I say that was an elite weekend for OU Athletics. OU Men's Hoops dagger at the buzzer. OU Women's Hoops dominates Oklahoma State. OU Baseball 3 out of 4. They scored 20 in the first game. OU Softball 67 straight. OU Women's Gymnastics highest score in program history. OU women's tennis beat a top five uh, squad yesterday. I got to be missing something in there as well. It felt like it was only good on campus this weekend, so I thought that's got to be the case with recruiting, right? And sure enough, old Lloyd, who he knows I'm always looking for content on the shows. Lloyd always sends me when a new crystal ball is out, so I thought, oh, great, awesome, Parker. There's even good recruiting news
1: that is out there,
0: along with oh. all the other great results that happened this weekend. There's <laughs> even a
1: new crystal ball in OU's favor. I think I know where this one's going. Yeah,
0: and then I saw who the crystal ball's from, and I thought, oh, God, the weekend has now all of a sudden gone to crap. Because Jeff Ketchum, of all people, has now put it in a crystal ball for OU to land
1: Jonah Williams. What does that say to you? <sighs> like, when someone like Ketchum puts a crystal ball in in favor of your school— what is the, like? Is that more reason for optimism or No, pessimism? it is
0: not. Is pessimism for me. You see that me. as the kiss of death? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the way that I at least uh, mm. took it initially when uh, Lloyd showed me that Jeff Ketchum had just put in a crystal ball for OU. Which I guess he's trying to pad the stats like everyone else. Like those crystal balls started rolling in two or three weeks ago. Some of these guys are kind of behind the chains here. Just like, oh, everyone else is putting in a crystal ball for Jonah Williams to OU. I guess I'll do it as well. Did you, I mean but I maybe I'm the only one but I got a little bit nervous when I saw that man. Got a little bit nervous.
1: And that's fair. Yeah. But by the same token, how many predictions are there that aren't in favor of Oklahoma right now for Jonah Williams? To me that's the other way to look at things is okay, this is uh it's like that meme uh breaking the worst person you know just made a great point. Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like when you see. Should have quote tweeted uh, that, that tweet with that right there. <laughs> no, but here,
0: here's my theory, okay? And that is one way to look at it, and I like looking at it from the positive side of things, but we've talked about it here before that maybe if all those predictions didn't roll out for Jonah Williams, the timeline wouldn't be pushed back as maybe as far as it is. I think Jeff Ketchum is just trying to put in just another prediction. You know what I mean? To just to try to, because we know what maybe these predictions did to his commitment dates. He's just trying to add to that by putting his own prediction in.
1: It's a conspiracy. Yes. Big Cow Media and Jeff Ketchum. <laughs> in on it. In on the chicanery. Uh,
0: KW918 says, Jeff Ketchum, he's no Tom Loy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, maybe those are our two public enemies right now in terms of uh, non- uh, Non-OU
1: uh, guys that cover uh, the recruiting space. Well, isn't isn't everybody's issue with Tom Loy the opposite? Is that he refuses to put in a crystal ball in OU's favor for anybody? Yeah, I guess so. Uh,
0: 405 says don't forget hockey. Jason M. said lacrosse won also. OU Architect says OU hockey beat Oklahoma State. Did I say rugby? Because rugby beat Oklahoma State as well. feel like about half the sports on campus beat Oklahoma State this weekend. Including both hog, uh, hockey and uh, rugby, I've uh, like on my way to the LNC. I've drove by when a rugby match is going on at the Tarzan Pitch. Have you ever stopped to view an OU rugby game before, other than just drive by while the game's going on? Never, never in my life. Mm. I've been to one hockey game in my lifetime, and it was about ten years ago. They played UCO at uh, Arctic Edge Arena. And they serve beer there. back in like 2011, 2012. It was quite the time. But uh, maybe, I, we, maybe we need to do an outing at some point. A uh, Saturday show at an OU hockey or an OU rugby match. I don't know if I, could, uh, if I could talk
1: you into that or not, but that could be a lot of fun. See, rugby is one of those sports, and I, I feel some shame in saying this because my younger brother plays rugby. He plays club rugby, NAIA club rugby, but rugby nonetheless. And even so, I have no idea what's happening on the rugby field at any given. Like I, you know, when you're flipping through channels on your TV, every so often you'll just stop and linger on something for no good reason for a couple minutes. I kind of do that out of curiosity. Every every time I see a rugby game on television, I'm like, hmm, maybe if I sit and watch this for a few minutes, I'll start to understand what's going on. It's never happened. So you're like
0: Big Twelve refs, then? Yes, you're I'm at like a Big game. You refs. actually have no idea what the rules are, or what's going on, or anything. Correct. <laughs> I'm glad Big 12 officiating didn't make its way to uh, Gallagher-Iba Arena for the final shot on uh, Saturday, I will say that much. Because it was close, man. If he puts his heel down after that three, he's, he may be out of bounds. But the call is good. The rest is history. OU's going to win the final regular season basketball game for quite some time. Man, what a, what a finish that was. Uh, JP Sooner says the ref Ocho on Saturdays. Saturday shows at uh, club sports across campus. That, that could be fun uh travis from California says live hockey is uh, awesome to watch and I do agree with that uh okay um it's a big week for you guys over at rivals because yes. it is is this the first big rankings week for the twenty twenty five class i guess of the new year it is yeah, yeah. first
1: first real update uh i- i guess the the last time the 2025 rankings were updated would have been last September, October, maybe. So first real update of the 2024 calendar year.
0: So we have all the five stars now. Rivals have, and, and they'll add, a. I, I don't know how many five stars they'll add before we get to National Signing Day. But I would guess that there's going to be more five stars added by the end of this cycle. But as of, as of right now, how many do you have total? 15? Is that, is that correct? Uh, uh, no,
1: at least sixteen because Ty Haywood is 18. number 16, 18, he's got
0: his, total okay. five stars currently, and the number one player by rivals is Julian Lewis, the quarterback commit to USC for now. I, Julian Lewis has got like four other visits planned for the spring, so we'll see if he, if he sticks with the uh, mule shoe at USC or not. David Sanders is at two. Bryce Underwood, who's a quarterback from the state of Michigan, is at three. But in terms of the names that we're really talking about and that we care about for OU's chances, I'll mention Douglas Utu at, at, at number eight. You don't I, need to. Yeah, I don't, don't think I to. do. But Oklahoma's still listed in the rundown of that one. Really, the first name we need to talk about is Michael Fasusi, sitting at number eleven. No surprise here that Michael Fasusi is a five-star and very deserving big-time offensive tackle out of Lewisville, Texas.
1: Yeah. I mean, the guy is everything you want an elite offensive tackle prospect to be. Athletic, muscular, quick on his feet, good punch, room to add weight. In many ways, he is the ideal offensive tackle prospect, and I think what makes him especially intriguing is the fact that he's got a soccer background. So you know you won't have to hammer out any imperfections in his footwork he's going to have a lot better footwork than a lot of other guys his age and in his classification that's part of why uh, he has flown so high as he has this early on in the process so I would say all in all amongst the three top targets for Oklahoma on the offensive line Fasusi Haywood and Lamont Rogers. Yeah, it maybe it's not the hottest of takes because he's the highest ranked of the three, but Michael Fasusi is the guy you'd like to have. Well,
0: and would he be like the the crown jewel of what Bill Biedenboe has signed since he's been at OU? And he's been at OU a, a while now, man. What, over, yeah. a, over a decade now, correct? Um, yeah. So if, if he were to sign Michael Fasusi, maybe he ends up being the highest ranked off- offensive lineman that Bill Biedenboe has ever signed at OU before. He's going to have to beat out Texas, though, to do that says Texas is right there with his recruitment, but Oklahoma, A&M, Oregon, and others are high up as well. Fasusi will hit the road a ton in March and April, and his recruitment should become clear. I think he's heading to Texas soon in, uh, in spring, correct? He'll be
1: at OU for the spring game. That's the plan right now. Uh, Oregon's in play. Mizzou is in play. Uh, Florida is in play as well. But I, I do continue to feel as though Oklahoma and Texas are the two schools' best position for him.
0: Jonah Williams, also a five-star, the five-star safety out of Galveston Ball in Texas. Uh, this says, Oklahoma is looking strong right now with a and Ohio State, Texas, and Oregon and others involved. And for good reason, Williams looks like a million bucks It could cover in space in the secondary. If he moves down to linebacker, he has the speed and twitch to go sideline to sideline to make plays. I don't like the fact that a and and Oregon are listed. And then the sentence right after it says he looks like a million bucks. I bet A&M and Oregon are oh, maybe no. taking that look. Oh, away, no. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, a you million? The, uh, how about two million bucks? That'll,
1: that'll, be, uh, that'll be Phil Knight's line to Jonah Williams when he shows up on campus. You know, kid, they say you look like a million bucks. How about two? The only thing better than a million
0: bucks? Two million bucks. What do you think about that? But, yeah, it still feels like... Um, you should feel you should feel good about OU's chances with Jonah Williams, but here's the deal, man. And we brought it up with David Stone last year in Miami and several other prospects. Can you say that OU leads in late February for Jonah Williams? Yeah, that, yes. that seems like that's fair to say. But we all know what's going to happen with the current structure of college football. And if A&M and Oregon are in this thing, then... We we know we know the factors that are going to be involved here in this yeah. in this recruitment. Yeah,
1: and just going to have to hope that one of those schools gets nailed for leaving an illegal cookie cake in his hotel room.
0: <laughs> yes, seriously. You can't decorate the hotel room. Sorry, Oregon. That's what that's what brings you down. Finally, but I say that like I I say A and M and Oregon will offer a ridiculous amount of money. When I say that, I don't mean to put out that. OU won't be aggressive in that space because they they will be. They will be. Absolutely. And I think that we've heard here recently that, you know, maybe the NIL side of things, it's not going to be like A&M. It's not going to be like Oregon. I don't think that OU is ever going to operate that way, but might it become more aggressive here moving forward? Maybe. Some seem to think that that's going to be the case. Uh, The other five-star that's on the radar is the number 16 overall player, Ty Haywood. Offensive tackle out of Denton Ryan says Oklahoma may have a slight lead for him, but A&M is right there and others are battling.
1: Yep. I think A&M, Texas, and Alabama are the three schools that pose, or that pose the most imminent threat to the Sooners in that race. There's confidence, man. There's confidence from a multitude of different angles that Haywood will end up a Sooner. Now, I... I don't think we're at a spot yet where that is not necessarily subject to change. I do think that there will be some shifting of the sands in that recruitment over the next few months. Can anybody overtake OU? I think it's very, very feasible. I don't think OU leads by much. I don't think they're miles out in front of the competition. But the consensus behind the scenes is that, yes, the Sooners do have the edge right now. Which is encouraging.
0: So, what's our official over/under for five stars? Ou in the twenty-five class is it one and a half, or one is and it a two? half is fine? One and yeah. a half, okay. Well, yeah.
1: set it at one and a half.
0: Over on that would look um, over on that w- would look pretty good if you hit the over on it, and maybe they're in the equation for more five stars than they are right now. F- feels like they're really in for. Three
1: of the five stars that Rivals has listed, right? Yeah, The three absolutely. that we mentioned there. Absolutely, and I would, I would actually say that as of right now, they lead for all three of those guys. Craig from Davis wants to know, do we know the date yet for the spring game? Uh, Craig, go ahead and tweet at Gunny. He'll be more than happy to fill you in.
0: I was just about to say the same thing. Craig, I don't know how often you listen to the station, but if you listen on any sort of a regular basis, you know who Gunny is and you've heard about him. My advice to you, Craig, and to everyone is just when you start to think to yourself, when is the spring game, think of Gunny. And once you think of Gunny, you will think of 420, and you say, oh, yeah, that's when OU spring game is, on April 20th. <laughs> that's that's the best advice I can give you. Uh, when's the kickoff for that one? I, I don't know. Re- remember Brent last year joking that it was going to be at, at 11 a.m., the video that he put out, only to say that it was at 2.30
1: after that? Maybe they'll do something similar this year. Did we have an 11 a.m. spring game in the Mule Shoe Days? Um, uh, maybe like a one o'clock. I don't. Oh, okay.
0: I don't think so though. They did have like it. Didn't they have a Friday night spring game? Yeah, at one did. point that was actually pretty cool. That was
1: 2018, I want to say.
0: Weather was moving in, something like that, and they had to yep. ad- you know adjust that one quickly. That nah, that that ended up being pretty cool. All right, four zero five six 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer. Text line. can I apply a Chevrolet text line. I, okay, so over one and a half is our over under for five stars. And if you hit the over on that, you're either getting two elite offensive linemen or an elite offensive lineman and one of the best defensive players in the class. So I'm going to ask you to sum up how OU's doing in 2025 coming up shortly, but that's a pretty good idea of where things are at right now. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and the Ref Army listening worldwide via the KREF app. St. Louis, Missouri is tuned in today. Aubrey, Texas is tuned in. Orange Beach, Alabama, Spokane, Washington, Palm Desert, California, small town of the day, Kingston, Oklahoma. Download the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store, especially if you want to consume some OU baseball and softball over the weekends. Had both of those uh, going on this weekend. I did get an email from the Arlington Renegades. They have their uh, spring or, or, excuse me, training camp roster outs. Five Sooners on Bob Stoops Renegades team. That's all? On the uh, training camp squad. Wow, Bob,
1: get your numbers up. Come on now.
0: LaRon Stokes, Drew Samia, Jalen Redman, Bobby Evans and Adrian Ely. So a few uh, ex-OU offensive, line, offensive did, linemen on that uh, Renegades
1: O-line. Did Jeff Bidette not catch on? I feel like he's... Was he there last year? He's like the consummate Arlington Renegade.
0: Yeah. They also had Jordan Smallwood last year as well, right? Oh, did they? Yeah. But Drew Samia, Bobby Evans, Adrian Ely, former OU offensive lineman. On, uh, on that one. Uh, okay, there was another crystal ball out. I joked about the uh, Jonah Williams crystal ball put out by Jeff Ketchum, who covers Texas. Uh, we talked about Luke Metz on Friday because yep. OU just put out a, an offer to him. He's a linebacker out of the state of Georgia. You kind of questioned a little bit, like, if he wanted to commit, would OU be all about taking that uh, uh, commitment right now? Mm-hmm.
1: Crystal ball for uh, him to Oregon. Or excuse me, to Ole Miss, my bad. Yeah, Jeez. which which would make sense because he has, I mean, in his top six, he has Missouri, Duke, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and LSU in addition to Ole Miss. Uh, he's, look, he's just not going to Duke. Duke's not a good enough football program in good enough shape right now for a kid of that caliber to commit there if he has better options. And he does have better options, but – are his offers at LSU, Tennessee, and Oklahoma truly committable with no asterisks or prerequisites? I I don't think so, and that's part of why I think Ole Miss makes a ton of sense for him, right? It's kind of almost like you remember back in June last year, Oklahoma had a brief flirtation with Andy Jaffe, mm-hmm. a three-star safety from the state of Florida. Uh, he was a take all day at Ole Miss – he might have been a take at Oklahoma, but it was predicated upon what the outcome was with Michael Boganowski. And obviously Oklahoma felt that they were in good position with Boganowski, that they'd be able to sustain that momentum and lock him down. Uh, they kind of told Jaffe, hey, look, we love you, man, but we don't have a spot for you unless Boganowski picks Kansas State. Uh, do with that what you will, and he ended up committing to Ole Miss. I figure something will, something similar will probably end up happening with Luke Metz. OU's in an interesting spot
0: right now when it comes to just linebacker in general. When I say interesting, I don't I don't mean bad at all. But this backer core you have coming back, this is going to be the best OU's been at linebacker since when? Just top to bottom. Long time, right? Sure. I mean, this much top end talent, this much depth. Um it's it's been a while since OU's had this much talent at linebacker. And the only backer that you're going to lose, unless someone transfers out, right? And in this era, you almost have to count on that happening. But the only one that you're going to lose to graduation, I believe, is, is Danny Stutzman, correct? Only scholarship linebacker? <laughs> uh, and Shane Witter. Yeah, and Shane Witter, too. Um, but you just have so much... Like, even though you only took one linebacker in the 23 class, that 2022 class, I still think, has so much... Uh, potential in it you know it's still a young group that you're you're really in a pretty good spot at linebacker and I not a situation where you need to take three or four linebackers necessarily in this 25 class like you can almost be very selective like maybe you were a year ago when it comes to backers yeah, that's, that's maybe right. a big reason why you can send out the offer but if you wanted to commit on the spot it's like yeah well we'll, we'll see about it. let's
1: wait a little bit down the road and and see how things pan out. Yeah, you can afford to be picky, and you can afford to swing big, and Oklahoma's certainly doing that. I'll tell you right now, like the guy that they have higher than anybody on their linebacker board right now, and they're legitimately recruiting him and making a push for him, is a guy that is committed elsewhere and is a five-star. That would be Elijah Melendez, a Miami pledge. If the Sooners could get Elijah Melendez they would be over the moon. Now, obviously the odds of that happening are not high, but when you're only recruiting to one spot and you already have a very deep linebacker room as it is, again, this is the luxury that you are afforded. You can go on down the list and you can take a huge swing at each of the guys sequentially, and eventually you'll land on somebody that you're comfortable taking. And you're cool with whatever the outcome is because you know at that point that there was no better alternative. You got the best possible outcome given uh, your list of targets, given your short list, right? If Elijah Melendez is not going to flip, well, then you just go on down the list. Okay, who's the next guy we want? Let's see what we can do with him. Who's the next guy? And so on down the list until you get the absolute highest ranked guy that you can feasibly land. I like when we get
0: texts that just has like a name of a prospect with the question mark at the end. And just from this 903 number in Texas, we just got Broderick Scholl, question mark. Yeah. Broderick Scholl, question mark. Talking about the offensive tackle, six foot six, 280 out of
1: Bixby. So, interesting situation mm-hmm. with him because he does not have, not only does he not have a ranking, he does not have a star rating at any recruiting side except for on three and on three debuted him today as the number eighteen player in the nation. Really, number eighteen player Tyler, not number eighteen offensive tackle. They debuted in, in twenty five. Yes, four star. Whoa, number eighteen in
0: the nation. Okay, regardless of position. Do we have an Eddie Pierre Louis situation
1: where one service has him ranked extremely high and the others are like, eh, this is? I-, I mean, look, he will get his rating on each of the other sites in the months to come and it probably won't take too long for him to get those initial rankings but uh his offer list is not expansive right now he's got some p5s no question about it but he is not a highly sought after guy at least not yet i will say when you watch the tape he is very nimble very explosive for a guy that size honestly reminds me a little bit of grant bricks albeit less murder-minded you know, it seems as if he's... Did a you think rep- about murders guy. as much? Yes. You know, Grant Bricks, whenever... You know, when you watch his film, he's going through whoever he blocks. Broderick Scholl is just kind of going to whoever he blocks. He's just kind of trying to stand him up and keep him in place there. Grant Bricks was bulldozing fools. And so uh, there's some similarities athletically on tape, some similarities in terms of their weakness in the pass pro game and the necessity to shore up some things in that department. But... I will say this about Broderick Scholl. OU is aware of him. They have been well aware of him since last year when he transferred to Bixby from Webb City, Missouri. That said, they are not super high on him right now relative to some of their other top targets.
0: Well, he's he his offer list is um, is about to grow. After that, you're telling me that would you say 18 overall?
1: Player number eighteen overall.
0: Boston College, Cincinnati, Illinois, Kansas State, Missouri, Nebraska, TCU, uh, tech, his offer list right now, but he's he's about to get some more offers once once people see that, I would guess, and start watching his film uh a, a little bit more. But twenty twenty five class out of Bixby. That's 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 uh, that's interesting. All right, so I teased it before the break. Um and, and I bring this up because Peyton last week, I don't know if you remember. Peyton's all on the text line. Peyton knows what's going on with OU football. Yeah. But even he said, guys, I'm just trying to get into the 2025 class. I don't know a lot about it. Like, are we going to get a top 100 player? If you could shortly describe how OU is faring in 2025, how would you elect to do so?
1: How many words do I get? Um, 69 total words. 69 total <laughs> how words. how many oh you boy. get. To, to <laughs> I have to count very carefully. Two uh, only two
0: more than OU softball's current win streak is how many words you get? Oh gosh, what a day it's going to be when they hit sixty
1: nine. <laughs> um, Oklahoma is doing. Hmm. I'm trying to sum it up in one concise word. I just I I need to stop. I need to stop looking for one word, and just look. Here is what I'll tell you, Peyton. Oklahoma is recruiting at a nationally competitive clip, both in terms of quality. And in terms of quantity, they have a class right now in 2025 that can go toe to toe with anybody's, save maybe for Notre Dame's, because that's a huge class they already. So
0: many commits already. But man.
1: Oklahoma has ten pledges. Five of them are blue chips. Several of the non-blue chippers will be blue chippers by the end of the cycle. So I, I, I am very pleased, and I think most people that look at things from a rational level, head of perspective, are really pleased with what Oklahoma has been able to pull on the recruiting trail so far in 2025. It was 68 words, so
0: think Dang. of one more word throughout the break that you can add to it. 405 651 A lot of text to get to. Some are that are making us laugh right now on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit that and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, for the homeless Sooner fans. Some news over the weekend. Sounds like A&M safety. Jacoby Matthews plans to enter into the transfer portal in the spring say. cycle. Hmm. Another 2022 five-star bailing on the Aggies? I think he's seen the new structure of things there in Aggieland and like, Nope! See ya! I'm good! Maybe there's some tampering going on how there. Much, how knows? much
1: of a chance do you think... That there is that Jacoby Matthews got all of what he was promised monetarily at Texas A and
0: would, very very small percent chance, very small percent of a very large number that was promised would be my would be my guess. Am I right on that? Am I uh, I, pretty good
1: direction there? Here's what I'm wondering because we talk about it. I know we talk about it plenty nationally. Why isn't there more made of the fact that? A&M is two classes removed from signing the greatest class in the history of modern recruiting, and it has just completely tanked. Completely tanked. Completely gone down the sewer. And it's only taken two years. And it kind of felt like it was a... At
0: least somewhat of a contributing factor... Why Jimbo got fired? Like the timeline, it, it it just it caused some unrealistic expectations. It caused a spat with Nick Saban where everyone took Saban's side. Like as great as it is to sign the number 1 overall class, everyone knew what was going on with A&M to get that number 1 class, and it really kind of turned the tide against Jimbo. I I, I don't know. I just it, it kind of felt like Outside of the incredible contract, which was the main contributing factor, and him not being able to win a lot of games, it really just, not a whole lot of good things happened for A&M after they signed that number one class. At
1: least what it felt like to me. Not a whole lot of good moments for them after that. Sam Kahn wrote a story on December 11th, 2023, so two months ago, about Texas A&M's recruiting class and did a breakdown of the numbers. And you know, like I, I said this repeatedly back when a&m signed that class tyler i said i will bet you at least half and probably two thirds of those commits do not finish their collegiate careers at texas a&m as of december 11th of the 32 players who signed with texas a&m in the 2022 class that consisted of 30 recruits and two transfers a dozen had either already transferred or were currently in the transfer portal as of December 11th. Yeah. That number has gone up. I don't know offhand how much it's gone up by, but man, I'm gonna... uh, Evan
0: Stewart is one. And that's not just a random dozen, by the way. That feels like they're t- 12 highest rated players that they had in that class. Like those, the, the, some of the highest or really the highest rated players they had in that class are the ones that have left.
1: Well, okay, Evan Stewart is one. Obviously, Jacoby Matthews is now one. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else just off the top of my head that would have entered between December 11th and now. But basically, what I'm trying to get across is we're already getting close to that 50%
0: threshold. I know. Insane, man. It's been two years. Insane. Uh, Will from Moore says, Am I able to get a shout-out from my boy? Jackson Tyler, which is a hell of a football name. Jackson was born today, and he's currently ranked as the number one player in the States and the number one player overall. He is a scatback, a blue chip recruit, and 1,000% committed to OU. Class of 2040, 2042, says Will from Moore. Yes, Jackson Tyler, you get a shout out. Welcome to the 2042 class. Glad to have you aboard. Glad to have you aboard. Hope he develops.
1: We'll put in a crystal ball for him as well. No, that's cool, Will. Congratulations on that. Thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing
1: that. Got to make sure he stays at number one, Will. Get him a ladder. Mm-hmm. Get that footwork down.
0: Travis from California. Uh, text in exactly what else I was about to bring up for the weekend. Looks like Eric enemy is going to UCLA to be the offensive coordinator. This guy, what, two, two and a half years ago, was the offensive
1: coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, well, and I along with many others, fell into the trap of believing that since Eric Bienemy was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, obviously he must have had a major hand in the formation of a dynasty. Obviously, that guy is a way better coach than anybody gives him credit for, and now only now you're beginning to see it. But as it would turn out, I think what Biennemi's value on the job market reflects is that what was going on in Kansas City had very little to do with him.
0: It just has everything to do with Patrick
1: Mahomes and, and how good he is. That's what it has to do Man, with. Man, I, look, I and, I and again, I was right there. Like, I didn't see it either. But I was sitting there wondering, how on earth is Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coaching job for all that he's accomplished in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes? Well, come to find out, it was a lot less about Bieniemy and a lot more about Mahomes and Andy Reid. 405, has
0: Joe C. ever been spotted at center ice with his OU beanie on at an OU hockey game? I don't know if Joe C. ever has before or not. Is he going to drop the puck? I was just about to say, we need to get Joe C. out there to uh, drop the puck for an OU hockey game. But how many OU teams beat Oklahoma State this weekend? Men's and women's hoops. Yep. Hockey did. Yep. Rugby did. Rugby did? Rugby, like... Well, Okay. I'm like you. I know a, like a tiny bit about rugby. I don't know a whole right. lot about rugby, but judging by the final score, they beat 'em they beat them rather
1: badly. And so more points is what you want in rugby? uh-huh As yeah. opposed to less points? Correct. Okay. That's how little I know mm. about rugby. If I saw the final score, I'd be like, hmm, did they win or did they did they lose? Gunny says, Will your boy be up against Shrub
0: Littlefield, a.k.a. Lil Joe, in 2042? My guy. I know we, <laughs> we've got a lot of new Ref Army members uh, over the past 12 months, including Lil Shrub, as <laughs> Gunny likes to call his, uh, his baby boy, which is pretty funny. Uh, 214, Eric B. Enemy is a spare and always has been. Slim Brady says, The one that matters the most didn't beat them. So, yeah, we got a lot of opinions. Drew from Flower Mound is even bringing up the past here saying, always felt like Adrian Ely should have stayed one more year instead of declaring for the 2021
1: NFL draft. He should have. That was not a good business move on his part. Jalen Redmond, very much in the same camp. Guys How? that should, have, should not have left but did. Devontae How? Lampkin, may he rest in peace. Kind of the same deal. Y'all can count on Owen to be an OU commit. So, dude,
0: we've already got like three new commits today for OU and future classes with all these uh, Ref Army newborns that have been happening here recently. The only
1: question now is PWOs or scholarships? Well, they're all
0: scholarships, but how much, how much room are they going to have? Are going to have room for everyone? They have to create some room for some of these high-level athletes. Um, how long have we been on that this is a special tight end group for 2025 nationally? about a month or so at least yeah
1: I would say long I would say probably three four months maybe
0: rivals put out a paragraph today about another special tight end group in 2025 so yeah maybe they just maybe they've been listening to locked in and hearing us talking about the uh high level tight ends in this class yeah
1: we're influential man we've got an audience across the nation only one thing though on that like cool they brought that up we've been on that. They
0: list Lincoln Cure first, 67 player nationally. Okay, He's yeah. moving up tomorrow,
1: just a heads up.
0: Dasan Brame, the number twenty-three, 123 player nationally. He's okay. moving up tomorrow, too. Thomas Meyer out of Iowa, and Iowa commits. No mention of Nate Roberts whatsoever. Interesting. Like, they want to put out the point or put out the paragraph of, hey,
1: another special tight end group in 2025. I agree, you agree. But no mention of Nate Roberts, which I found surprising. I mean, granted, there are only so many names you can mention, but... Nate Roberts is a guy that across the industry is regarded very highly, and again, like he's he's going to be ranked quite high tomorrow when those new rankings drop. He's solidly firmly within the top one hundred and fifty.
0: Well, and I guess that goes to a, another thing I had on the rundown sheet today with the this being rivals rankings week. Yep. Which current OU commit stands to have the biggest jump in the rankings? How about we hit that next? All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll see what OU's got 10 commits right now in the 2025 class. Who's going to get a rankings bump? We'll tell you coming up next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in Reno, bringing you the sour of locked in with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family owned and operated. Established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They sell Buicks and GMCs. Which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road? It's Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC in El Reno. All right, rankings update coming via rivals this week. OU currently has ten commits. The number six ranked class, half the class ranked as a four star, half the class are three stars. Kevin Sperry, Grayson Harris, Elijah Thomas, Jaden Nickens, and Ryan Foget are your four stars. Kamori Moore, Marcus James, Trane Washington, Alex Shield, Knight and Owen Hollenbeck are your three stars. Let's start here. Who is most likely, and I guess we won't see a four-star to a five-star, which of those three stars is most likely to be bumped up to a
1: four-star this week? Can I cheat if I know the answer? I know the answer. I'd just like you to say the answer. Yeah, please. Oh, three-star bumping up to a four-star? Okay, uh-huh. that that I don't know the answer on. So... I I will go ahead and say that my pick is Owen Hollenbeck. He's had a very, very strong offseason, had a good junior season as well, and I think when they re-eval him, uh, they will see four-star material.
0: Six-foot-four, 313-pound offensive lineman out of Melissa, Texas, currently ranked by Rivals as the lowest-ranked commits in this recruiting class. Wow, Yeah. I mean, not by much, and he's he's a good player, you know, but – at, uh, rating-wise right now, that's where they have it. Um, but who's going to see the biggest rankings increase this week out of OU's uh, commit
1: class? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I will say it's going to be Kevin Sperry. Really? Yes. Because it does,
0: he is not getting the same respect as some other quarterbacks in this 25 class like I thought he was gonna be not considered like the best quarterback in 2025 with Julian Lewis but I thought he'd at least be in the conversation of top eight top 10 quarterbacks but I feel like I see a lot of quarterbacks mentioned in 2025 and he's rarely one of those QBs ever mentioned so maybe a ratings increase will get him more into that conversation
1: It's kind of like the Michael Hawkins effect, man. And it's weird because what you're seeing with Sperry is kind of the same thing you saw with Hawkins. Like, it's all there. It's very evident that he's a baller and somebody that is a legitimate blue chip. But even so, 24-7, for instance, still has Kevin Sperry ranked a three-star. Man. Three-star. Interesting. Michael Hawkins was a three-star 88 all the way up until signing day. In the class of twenty twenty four for twenty four seven. So he
0: I- had like two turnovers the entire regular <laughs> season, man, right? I just I can't make heads or tails of it. So you think Kevin Speary will be, have the biggest rankings increase this week yeah. for rivals? Yes, yeah. that is my prediction. Um, I mean Elijah Thomas. I mean he's just right outside the top one one hundred right now um, as is. So maybe he could find himself into the top one hundred. We'll see, but. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be all that surprising if Kevin Sperry you see a lot more respect next to his name after uh, after this week is after this week is over with. But also Kamori Moore listed as a three star three star defensive tackle out of Lee Summit, Missouri, six foot one, two eighty eight. It's almost as if since Caden Green transferred away <laughs> and Williams when Airy went to Missouri, it's like well, okay, well Kamori Moore is next, right? Like he's next. I saw the story in San Antonio at the All-American Bowl. Is so it the All-American Bowl All-American game at San Antonio? All-American Bowl. And then I, I read the story again last week. It's like, hey, here's a story on Kamori Moore, and he says that he's still committed to OU right now. Yeah, you want to know why? Like, people just keep approaching him like, well, you're, you're still good with OU, right?
1: And yeah, he's you, like, w- you yes. want to know why? You want to know? Uh, well, among many reasons he's still good with OU is because uh, Missouri is recruiting him. I want to make that clear. And Missouri has started hitting Kamari more up, but for a long, long time, when Missouri staff would come to LSN, the staff there would ask, "Hey, like, do you want to? You want to see Kamari at all? You want to talk to Kamari at all?" They would be like, "No, nope." Missouri didn't even
0: give him the time of day, and he hasn't forgotten about it. He's a mid-zoo hater, maybe like the rest of us. He'll fit right in. You've got one commit in this class that maybe hates Mizzou like the rest of us. And who was it that was throwing the horns down on the uh, Texas side of the Cotton Bowl in the game last year?
1: Throwing the horns down? Yeah. Gosh,
0: I don't know. I know Kobe Sellers was... Yes,
1: yes, that's who it is. It's Kobe Sellers. Okay. He's not
0: committed, obviously, but OU sits, you know, feels like they, they're they in a pretty good spot for him. So that's what we need. We got hate. This fan base has got some hate in its heart right now with other fan bases. We need... Uh, we need some croots that have the same amount of hate as well. I think that will play extremely well with this fan base, that's for sure. Uh, one other note, and we haven't brought it up just yet, and I don't know if this broke with the NCAA football game announcement, but JFA moving back to his old high school number, number 11? Yes.
1: Yes, so those plans were laid pretty early this offseason for him to make the switch from 10 back to 11. I guess that's just kind of the uh, the official, the final nail in the coffin for dime time because when Lebby left, I mean, you know, no more dime time, not in Norman at least. So that was kind of the reason Jackson Arnold took number 10 in the first place, but with Davis Bevel uh, getting shown the door, it opened up the number, and it was funny. So actually, I, I, I have this on pretty good authority. Is Casey Thompson really wanted the number eleven, and offered Jackson Arnold a substantial sum of money? Jeez, to it, for to a one-year rental for number eleven? Yeah, it's and like J- the NFL. They do that. Yeah, and Jackson said, "Nope, eleven's mine." So, yep, yeah, he'll be wearing the sticks in twenty twenty-four. QB one, I guess you get to pick the you get to pick the rules there.
0: It's my number. It's my number eleven. JFA. Number 11 next year. And I guess he's liked a lot of Georgia quarterbacks growing up. I saw that a part of the story. Matthew Stafford, Jake yeah. Fromm, Aaron well, grew Murray. Up in Georgia. So. A couple of those guys wore number 11. Fromm and Murray did. But yeah, I guess they did. Number 11, one of the most successful numbers in OU football history. Going to be worn by QB1 next year. How about that? All right, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.